During his career, he investigated murderers and caught serial killers in one of the most unlikely places. And for an agency you've probably never even heard of. Welcome to the Law Enforcement Today radio show. I'm your host. My name's John J. Wiley. In addition to being a radio broadcaster, I'm a retired police sergeant. For the latest news articles and much more, check out our website, letradioshow.com. In the Law Enforcement Today show, we'll be joined by special guests. We'll be talking about their experiences and issues affecting law enforcement officers, first responders, their families, their community, and victims of horrendous crimes. Be sure to like us on Facebook. Our page is Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. Check out the daily articles on our website, letradioshow.com. And while you're there, download our free app. If you enjoy the Law Enforcement Today podcast, do me a big favor. Tell a friend. And if you're able, if you got a few moments, leave an honest review and rating. But most importantly, tell a friend or two or three. Calling us from the New York area, we have Bruce Sackman on the phone. Bruce is a retired law enforcement investigator for the Veterans Administration. And no, I didn't realize they had an investigative branch as well. And he's also author of a great book, which is called Behind the Burner Curtain, Special Agent Bruce Sackman Hunts Doctors and Nurses Who Kill Our Veterans. Bruce, thanks so much for your service and thanks for being a guest on the show. Very much appreciated. Well, thank you very much for having me. I did not know, I had to plead guilty on this, that the, the Veterans Administration had a law enforcement division. Well, you're certainly not alone in that ignorance because I would say, unfortunately, even the majority of our veterans are probably unaware of that. Every federal agency has an inspector general, and the purpose of that inspector general is to ferret out fraud, waste, and abuse in that particular agency. So if you're in the inspector general of the Department of Defense, your cases involve the Department of Defense. In my case, I was with the inspector general of the Department of Veterans Affairs, and I was the special agent in charge of the Northeast region. So my responsibility was all major criminal investigations involving the VA hospitals and outpatient clinics and regional offices from West Virginia to Maine. And I was in that role for 32 years, and I retired in 2005. That's a lot of area to cover. It certainly is a lot of area to cover, and it involves uh, hundreds of facilities, potentially, you know, hundreds of thousands of, of veterans, and we had a very, very small force to actually do this. I had five offices that reported to me in New York. I had, you know, um, Washington, D.C., and uh, Massachusetts, and New York, and New Jersey, and Pittsburgh, and they all reported in, to me in New York City. Now that you say this, Bruce, it makes perfect sense. It's like, duh, where have I been for the last 40 years <laughs> that they didn't have the amount of hospitals, the amount of outpatient clinics, the amount of drugs that are dispersed and dispensed, there's a potential for a lot of crime. Oh, absolutely. And you know what? I always looked at hospitals as sort of a sanctuary from crime. You know, a hospital is a place that you go to after you've been a victim of crime, not to first become a victim of crime. And unfortunately, on rare occasions, I wound up investigating medical professionals, doctors and nurses, who had actually murdered their patients. That's the other part of this. I thought to myself, number one, I didn't know 
there's a law enforcement investigation branch of Veterans Affairs and Veterans Administration. I also didn't realize until I started researching a little bit the amount of doctors, nurses, healthcare professionals that actually kill people. And they do it on purpose. Yeah, and this is a phenomenon throughout the world. So I don't want the veterans to think, wow, this only occurs in VA hospitals. Absolutely not. It occurs all over the world, and I've been involved in investigations all over the world. The most recent one, I don't know if anybody saw this, the headline of the New York Times is Texas nurses found guilty of killing four patients by injecting them with air, right? And these patients were recovering from heart surgery, and he injected air in their brains and killed them. So periodically, these cases surface, not only here in the United States, not only at the VA, but around the world. The most recent VA case, by the way, was in West Virginia, where a nurse killed and was convicted of killing seven patients. So it happens. It continually happens. It's rare because, look... The majority of healthcare professionals, as we know, are honest, hardworking, dedicated people who have actually taken an oath to save lives. But on rare occasion, someone surfaces who's intent on taking lives. Now, maybe I'm ignorant. And the old saying, ignorance is bliss, right? <laughs> when I go to the doctor, you know, I worry, what if things don't go right? What if something, and the older I get, the more I think about those things. But I've never had a thought in my mind, what if the doctor... What if the nurse, one of the, what if one of the practitioners in their medical practice is a killer? That thought has never entered my mind, and yet I've seen case after case after case. And yes, you are right. I want people to understand this is very rare. It doesn't happen often, but now they start mentioning it, and I did a little research. You got involved in the investigation of the case of Dr. Michael Swango. Yes. Yes, and I'll tell you about Dr. Michael Swango. This was my first entrance into the world of medical serial killers. I was sitting at my desk in in New York, and I had a huge smorgasbord of cases to handle. I had thefts from VA hospital. I had nurses stealing pharmaceuticals. I had contract fraud. I had procurement fraud, but I never had a case quite like this. All of a sudden, one day, I get a call from the chief of psychiatry at the Northport VA Medical Center out on Long Island. And she says, Bruce, you're not going to believe this, but we actually have a doctor here working, treating our patients who spent time in prison for poisoning his co-workers. And I looked at the phone. I said, well, is this like an April Fool's joke? Yeah, that's what I would think. Are you You kidding me? <laughs> she says, "No, no, I'm, 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 I'm serious." She says, "And this is the story of Michael Swango." And let me tell you a little bit about Michael Swango. Goes back to the time he was in medical school. When Michael Swango was in medical school, his fellow students referred to him as Double O Swango, licensed to kill, because it seems like every time Swango was visiting patients, something terrible happened to them. Sometimes they died unexpectedly. And the students were so concerned, they went to the dean, and they told the dean, we don't think this guy, Michael Swango, should be a a doctor. And Swango goes in front of the committee, and the committee says, well, you know what? 
There's no evidence that he actually harmed anybody. So we just think he needs a little bit more training before he becomes a doctor. So we'll keep him here like another six months and give him some more training. And then uh, he could graduate, and that's exactly what happened. So he graduates, and he does an internship at Ohio State University Medical Center. At Ohio State University Medical Center, there's a young gymnast, a student, named Cynthia McGee. She gets in a car accident with another student. She's actually improving until she gets a visit from Dr. Swango. Then she expires unexpectedly. And how old was she? She was 19. Wow. We're talking with Bruce Sackman. Bruce is a retired law enforcement investigator for the Veterans Administration. He's also author of the book, Behind the Murder Curtain. Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. We're going to talk more about the case, his investigation, successful prosecution into Dr. Michael Swango, the serial killer. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Social media networks are always in the news for reported bias in their moderation and even accusations of censorship. Are you frustrated with the current social media platforms? Well, there's a new platform called Retalk for people just like you. You can talk about anything from law enforcement issues to gardening to politics. Go to the website now at retalk.com forward slash L-E-T. That's R-E-T-A-L-K dot com slash L-E-T. And you can claim your own Law Enforcement Today badge. Return conversation with Bruce Sackman, retired law enforcement investigator for the Veterans Administration, also author of the book, Behind the Murder Curtain, Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. And we're talking about the case, this is a really curious case, of Dr. Michael Swango, a serial killer you investigated, prosecuted, convicted, all that stuff. Before we the break, you're talking about him treating a 19-year-old gymnast who was injured in a car accident. It seemed to be improving. And then all of a sudden, she died unexpectedly. She dies unexpectedly. But no one charged Swango with the crime. You know who got charged with that crime? The student who hit her with his car. He gets charged with vehicular homicide, but he didn't kill Cynthia McGee. It was actually Swango who killed Cynthia McGee. Well, all of a sudden, patients are starting to expire unexpectedly, and they conduct an investigation at Ohio State University, but they can't prove anything. So they say, well, one thing we know, we're not going to renew this guy's you know, job here at Ohio State. So Swango moves on to his, what was really sort of his first love is being an EMT, you know, an emergency technician, because he loved the excitement of pulling up to an accident and seeing people injured and working on those people. And he really enjoyed that life. Well, one day he brings in a, a bunch of, uh, a box of donuts for his coworkers, and they all start to get ill. And he calls them up and he says, tell me the symptoms. Tell me everything that you feel. How did you get sick? What did you eat? And they ate the donuts that he brought in that was laced with arsenic. Oh, wow. 
Fast forward about a week or two, he brings in some iced tea. And he says, hi, fellas. I care for some iced tea? They go, sure, except these guys were not stupid. They took the iced tea. Instead of drinking it, they had it tested, and it was loaded with arsenic, and they called the police. And the police did an excellent, excellent job. They conducted a search warrant. They went to Swango's home. They found books on poison. They found arsenic. They found ant poison in his home. And he goes to trial just in front of the judge, and the judge finds him guilty and sentenced him to five years in jail for poisoning his co-workers. Now, I did not think in the United States of America you could spend five years in jail for poisoning people and come out and be a doctor again. That doesn't make any sense to me. But I was wrong. Yeah, you're not the only one. I'm sitting there thinking... (laughs) Look, I, I can, was wrong because I, I he came out, and he's very, very clever. You know, being a sociopath, he could convince just about anybody of anything. So he gets out of prison. He changes his name. And the story he gives, well, you know what? I was in prison for a short time because I'm an ex-Marine, which he is, an, an ex-Marine. And he says, you know, I'm a tough guy, and I got involved in a barroom brawl. So I was sentenced to, to jail but I came out, and the governor of the state restored my civil rights. And here's a letter from the governor of the state, which was all forgeries. Wow. He had altered and forged a whole load of paperwork to convince people that he only spent a short time in jail for a barroom brawl. Nothing to do with poisoning. And then he got hired back as a doctor again. Yes. That's the amazing part about i got to be honest with you, Bruce. When it comes to B-movies or you know, the Saturday night movies we used to watch as kids that had questionable scripts and dialogues and all that stuff, this one would be right up there. This, this story would be like, this is too far-fetched to be true, but this is absolutely true. It is absolutely true, and it's really quite terrifying if you think about it. Well, he's had so many red flags come up and and even found guilty of poisoning people and then goes to jail, does five years in prison, gets released, and somehow manages to get his his medical license back and is practicing medicine. That, that boggles the mind. So he goes to a, a VA hospital out west, and everything's fine. He's actually doing a pretty good job, and he meets this VA nurse, and they get engaged, and everything is beautiful until the story about him surfaces the true story about him poisoning people surfaces and then everything turns bad for them and his fiance her name was Kristen Kenny you know they 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 separate and Kristen Kenny goes back home to her parents in Virginia and she says mom you know I've been getting all these headaches since this thing and I, I, I'm so upset at what happened with Michael Swango and me. We were going to get married. I don't know if I could take this anymore. So she goes to the park. She takes out a gun, and she blows her brains out right oh, in the park. Oh, my goodness. Well, you can't blame Swango for that, can you? He was on the West Coast. Well, actually, you can, because even though the family had the body cremated, they kept the lock of her hair. We tested that hair, and it was loaded with arsenic. 
Swango was even poisoning his own fiance. This is so insane, this story. You, it makes you question your judgment and go, am I, am I listening to reality? Am I listening to something? And here's the thing, Bruce. I know this is true. I know all this because I did a little research. I'm like, oh, my goodness. How does this happen? First of all, people who poison nowadays, it's pretty rare. You don't hear that happen. But from what I understand, the whole process of poisoning someone with arsenic is a slow process, and it's really brutal. Yes. Yes, you know, arsenic used to be known as widow's powder because a couple of centuries ago, when women really couldn't get an easy divorce, what they used to do was start putting some arsenic in hubby's uh, oatmeal, and then the next thing you know, hubby's gone. And it was known as widow's powder because it was a very common way of actually murdering people, you know, back in 1900s in, in those days, okay? But um, just just to continue briefly with, with, with Swango, so okay, so Swango eventually travels around the country, and then he eventually winds up in my neighborhood, the Northport VA Medical Center, and I get that call that I told you about. So I said, I have to go meet this guy. So I went with one of my agents, I grabbed one of my agents, and we went out to meet Michael Swango. And let me tell you something, he was a handsome charming guy he was well tanned he was wearing these aviator sunglasses he looked like a movie star and he was calm and cool as could be you know if i didn't know better i'd want to introduce him to my daughter if my daughter brought home an ex-marine physician i go wow what a great Sounds like to hit the lottery we are talking right? with bruce sackman bruce is a retired law enforcement investigator for the veterans administration he is involved or was involved in the investigation, apprehension, arrest, and conviction of Dr. Michael Swango, serial killer. When we return, we're going to talk more about this case. It is bizarre. It is strange. And I'll be honest with you, I don't even know where to begin. This is the Law Enforcement Today Show. We're going to take a short break. I promise you, you don't want to miss what we're going to talk about. We'll be right back. The place to be online is our Facebook page. Do a search on Facebook for Law Enforcement Today Radio Show. You'll get access to unique news articles, editorials, and so much more. That's Law Enforcement Today Radio Show on Facebook. Miss an episode of Law Enforcement Today? You don't have to anymore because now you can listen to it on Podopolo, the free new app that makes listening anytime, anywhere so easy. Catch up on shows you've missed and chat with John J. Wiley right there too. Download for free on the Apple or Google Play stores. That's Podopolo. And John J. Wiley wants to hear from you inside Podopolo. Return conversation with Bruce Sackman calling us from New York State. He is a retired law enforcement investigator for the Veterans Administration. And he was responsible for investigating arresting, prosecuting Dr. Michael Swango, serial killer. He's also authored the book, Behind the Murder Curtain, Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. For with the break, Bruce, you're talking about you met Dr. Michael Swango for the first time, and he was charming, he was nice, he was attractive, and the first thing I thought of was Ted Bundy. Very nice, very attractive, you know, very charming, and these people, they work really, really hard at blending in. And the things that would be red flags in their 
behavior. They don't want people to see that. Uh, so, so I'm not shocked. One of the things that does surprise me is people talk so much about like the boogeyman and the scary guy down the street and all that stuff. And it's sometimes the man who lives right next door who you would least expect and you would never, ever think they'd be a serial killer and they're the ones that do the most harm. Absolutely right. And just think about this for a minute. If you are so inclined to choose a profession and a location for murder, well, what profession and what locations might you consider, okay? Well, for one, you might want to choose a profession that has the power of life and death over someone. And, you know, some serial killers have masqueraded themselves as law enforcement officials, okay? Um, but what other profession do we know have that power of life and death over someone? How about choosing a profession where you take an oath to protect and serve? You know, everybody in that medical center is dedicated to saving lives. They've taken an oath to save lives, all right? Either the physicians have taken the Hippocratic Oath or some nurses have something called the Florence Nightingale Oath, which is the same thing. And you're working in an environment where people have dedicated their lives to saving people, not to harming them. And how about working in a profession where the victim and the family trust you implicitly? Listen to that doctor, sweetheart. Listen to that nurse. They have your best interest in mind. And of course, 99.9% of the time, they do have your best interest in mind. Yeah. Now, how about working somewhere where the strong and the and the assertive become sort of the meek and mild. You know, if you ever go in an emergency room and see this big construction worker terrified of this little nurse coming over with a big needle, and they don't ask questions. You know, people are hurting. They don't ask questions. It's just kind of accept the treatment that they're getting without question. And then how about working in a field where there's a shortage of skilled workers? and sort of a willingness to overlook past indiscretions. You know, it's very, very hard to find nurses and doctors in, in some parts of the country, especially now, what's going yeah. on now. Yeah. Okay, so you know what? If we didn't do such a great background investigation on some of these people, well, excuse me, it's very, very hard to find doctors and nurses here. So we had no, no, no choice. And don't you want to work in a location where death is a common everyday occurrence. You know, if somebody dies in a hospital or a nursing home, is that going to be an investigation? It's not a huge yeah. red flag. It happens, and, and you're not shocked when it happens. What we use the term was unattended death or unexpected death. So, yes. for example, if we had a call to a, a nursing home or a skilled living facility for an 87-year-old man who died, that's not, not unexpected. And usually there's people around and they have health records and other things. And a lot of it depends on what their, their physician had to say. But if you had a 21-year-old that died suddenly, unexpectedly, no signs of trauma, they were always treated as a homicide till proven otherwise. I want to repeat that. All unexpected, unattended deaths, at least where I came from, were treated as a homicide until proven otherwise. And that includes obvious suicides as well because you can't go back and recreate. So... You don't want to mess up the beginning. You know, I think I'm pretty good at investigating crimes. And as a patrolman, as a police sergeant, I was very good at homicides, unfortunately, because they had so many of them. And I have an idea where to start, where to begin the process. And when the homicide detectives take over, 
and carry it from there. But to be honest with you, Bruce, I have no idea where to start where, by the way, we think this doctor's killing people. <laughs> well, I, I was the same way. Because although I had spent a career doing investigations in hospitals, not once until I got involved in the Swango case did I have any idea on how to do this involving a medical serial killer. So I, I call up my boss in Washington, D.C., and he sa I said, look, boss, you know, um, I've never actually done one of these cases. He says, don't worry, Bruce. He says, don't worry. We're going to hook you up with the expert of all experts. And he did. You know, and a doc, Dr. Michael Bodden, you've probably seen him on TV. Oh, yeah, he's a, a big-time celebrity. He's, yes, he's, he's yes, a and I went deal. to visit Dr. Michael Bodden. And I said, Dr. Michael Bodden, I've never done one of these cases. Can you help me? Can you teach me? And he actually taught me how to do these cases. And learning this from Michael Bodden was like learning physics from Albert Einstein. You know, you couldn't really get a better teacher. I said, well, how do we do this? I mean, he was at Northport. We don't have any evidence that he actually killed anybody at the Northport. He said, this is what we're going to do, Bruce. First thing I want you to do is I want you to pull every medical record of every patient who was at Northport when Michael Swango was there. Next thing we're going to do is we're going to assemble a team. And this is who's going to be on the team. I'm going to be on the team, as uh, you know, Michael was saying, as the forensic pathologist. But we're also going to have a physician who's expert in chart reviews, and he's going to look at these charts, and he's going to make a determination if there's anything in these medical records that would indicate the patient had expired when he did. And Michael Bonin explained natural death to me like this. He said Nat natural death is when, like, you shut off a fan and the blades gradually, gradually stop. Right. But these people, he says, it's like shutting off a light bulb. They are bright one minute and dark the next, and death is unexpected. You know, if you ever had a loved one in the family, in the hospital, and you knew that they were about to expire, I mean, you knew they were going to expire, the staff knew they were going to expire, but with these cases, it was just the opposite. Many times they were actually improving only, and the family would go on vacation saying, well, you know what, dad's improving, I'm going to go on vacation now, only to get a phone call saying dad had died unexpectedly. And these are the kind of cases that we're looking for. Also on this team, we had at that time a relatively new profession called forensic nursing. And these are nurses that are trained not only in nursing science, but in forensic science. And they were phenomenal. Phenomenal. They were able to bridge the gap and sort of explain the science to lay people like myself. It was really, really incredible. It's so, a, an amazing story. First of all, I'm blown away by the team that you all put together. I'm not surprised because, quite honestly... It's such a rare occurrence, I wouldn't know where to begin. And most killers, for example, it's going to be a crime of passion, drugs, or a robbery, or something of that nature. And quite often, it's someone you know. So that's how they track the killer, by starting with people they know and work their way outward. A stranger on stranger crime is very tough to handle and tough to solve. When you have 
a situation where a person gets sick and goes to the doctor and the hospital for treatment and the killer is part of the medical staff taking care of them, that adds so many wrinkles, so many complexities to the case that it's unimaginable. So this team of forensics uh, nurses, expert doctors, uh, Dr. Michael Bodden, yourself, all to find out how many people were killed by this guy. When we return, we're going to talk about that. We're talking about the case of Dr. Michael Swango, serial killer. And we're talking with Bruce Sackman. He is a retired law enforcement investigator for Veterans Administration, also author of the book, Murder Curtain. Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. This is Law Enforcement Today's show. We're going to take a short break. I promise you, we'll be right back. Have I got a deal for you? No, I'm not trying to sell you a bridge or swampland. Enter contests for your chance to win great prizes by subscribing to the Law Enforcement Today radio show email newsletter. All subscribers are automatically entered in all future contests. Sign up at letradioshow.com. Scroll down to the sign up area. That's letradioshow.com. Are you wondering where you can find more great podcasts? Head to letradioshow.com, click Be Heard, and discover other fantastic podcasts like this one. Also available on our free app, all at letradioshow.com. Return conversation with Bruce Sackman. It is an incredible story. Bruce is a retired law enforcement investigator for the Veterans Administration. He is also author of the book, Behind the Murder Curtain, Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. And we're talking about the case of Dr. Michael Swango, who was a serial killer. And you had the unenviable task of investigating this. And you got a big team behind you. And you're launching into your investigation. Where do you start? We started by pulling all these medical records of all the patients who are at the Northport VA Medical Center during the time that Swango was there. And the team uh, developed about five cases that they universally agreed on that these patients should not have expired when they did. The next thing to do was to go to the families of these patients and ask them for permission to exhume the body. Can you imagine getting a visit like that? You know, something like, you know, excuse me, uh, my name is Bruce Sackman. I'm from the uh, Department of Veterans Affairs Office of Inspector General. We have reason to believe that your dad's death was a a suspicious nature. And we would uh, like your permission to exhume the body. And they all gave us permission, although we didn't need it because we had a court order as well. And the thing, you know, I find myself at the cemeteries, you know, digging up bodies, bringing it to the, to the local medical examiner. And the medical examiner d- made the determination that these people did not die as a result of their natural disease processes, but something external was administered to them in order f- to create this instant death. So what was it? And that answer came from the toxicologist because part of the team was a toxicologist as well and the question came can we find these poisons these particular poisons that we think were used in embalmed tissue that seems to me to be very very difficult 
and we actually contracted with a private lab called National Medical Services. And the president of the lab said, hey, don't worry, Bruce, we have this brand new machine. It's called the High Performance Liquid Chromatography Tandem Mass Spectrometer. Holy cow, how's it work? Ah, uh, don't worry, Bruce. Uh, you know, you wouldn't understand. You couldn't understand. Trust me, it works. And this machine, along with our team, came out with the answer, which was two particular drugs were administered to these patients that should have never had these drugs. One drug was succinylcholine. In the hospital, they call it sux. It's a paralytic. They administer it to you if they want to intubate and put a tube down you. The other drug was epinephrine, which is adrenaline, which is speeds up the heart, and if it's not used properly, it will kill you. And those were the two drugs that were used. Right. Now, after I had interviewed Swango, Swango fled the United States. He went to Zimbabwe, Africa, and when he was in Zimbabwe, he killed women and children and pregnant women. And he had to return to the United States to renew his passport. And that's when we arrested him, but not for murder. We arrested him for every federal agent's favorite crime, which is lying to a federal agent, lying to the government. He lied to me, and he lied on his application about his arrest. So we put him in jail for three years for lying to the government, and that three years gave us the opportunity to do the investigation. Well, Swango gets out of jail, and he thinks he's going to hop on the plane and go back to Africa or God knows where. Not so fast. Not so fast. Because we indicted him on uh, the murder at a federal institution. And you have to remember that the VA institutions are usually exclusive federal jurisdiction. Right. Not all but usually exclusive federal jurisdiction. So it was a federal charge of murder, which, of course, carries the death penalty. Okay? So he comes out of jail, and we lay out the evidence for him, and we said, by the way, Michael, if we go to trial, and even if you win, we're just going to put you on a plane and drop you off in the, on the tarmac in Zimbabwe where they have an arrest warrant for you for murdering women and children. So he decided to plead guilty. And he pled guilty to murdering three of our nation's heroes at wow. Ford VA Medical Center. But he's suspected of doing a lot more from what I see. 60. That's what... You know what? The difference between a medical serial killer and a we'll call them traditional serial killers. Traditional serial killers usually kill, I don't know, six, seven, eight people. Amateurs compared to my medical serial killers, I'd say the average is somewhere between 30 and 60 people. That's not uncommon. So Swango, Swango, we estimate 60. The problem is these medical serial killers kill so many people. They can't remember themselves how many people they killed, even on those rare occasions when they want to answer the questions honestly. They just can't remember. What, what amazes me about this, well, number one, you got him. You got him dead to rights, and he pled guilty. What was the sentence for him? He got um, three consecutive life terms without the possibility of parole, and he's in Supermax Federal Penitentiary. In addition, he pled guilty to... Um, 
in the state court to killing uh, Cynthia McGee, the student, and he got life in imprisonment for that as well. So he ain't ever getting out. The, the, the good news is he's never getting out. The bad news is the people have to deal with him every day. And, and I always say this, uh, and, and without getting on my soapbox, Bruce, the death penalty, whether it's justified or not, uh, bothers me that nurses, doctors, corrections officers have to deal with people like this. And quite yeah. often they bear their brunt because they got nothing to lose. All right, so there he is. He's sitting in um, in Supermax Federal Penitentiary, and then that's what started my journey and investigating nurses and doctors who murdered their patients. It all started with Swangle. Now, the one good thing to come about the Swangle case, if there's anything good aside from his conviction, the one good thing to come about it is that medical credentialing improved dramatically. Right? All of a sudden now, hospitals throughout the world are double and triple checking doctors and nurses' backgrounds before they hire them. Okay? Because a swango could get through, somebody who spent time in prison for poisoning people could get through. The fear was God knows who else could get through. Absolutely. So that has improved dramatically, but it's not foolproof. It's not foolproof, especially in times of pandemic when hospitals are desperate for staff. You know, they're desperate for staff. They don't have anybody. And they have a lot of traveling nurses and traveling doctors who travel from hospital to hospital. And is that an opportunity for somebody to do wrong uh, things? Yeah, sure is. Yeah, I, I, I gotta say this. I bet you don't get introduced by a lot of people at barbecues and whatnot. <laughs> oh, by the way, his specialty is investigating serial killers that'd be doctors and nurses. Uh, eventually, you wrote a book about this. Tell us about the book. Where can people get it? Yep, it's uh, called Behind the Murder Curtain. Special Agent Bruce Sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans. It's uh, it's available on on paperback on Amazon. It's it's not expensive. It's a quick read. You can read it uh, in two nights, and it will open up your eyes to the world of medical serial killers. I mean, Swango is a large part of the book, but it's not the only part. There are stories about nurses who murdered patients, and there's a story about a, a physician who altered medical records to put veterans into research programs they should have never been in, and they died as a result of that. And where can people get more information about you? Can they reach out to you and contact you online? Sure. There's a website. It's BehindTheMurderCurtain.com. Just go in there. There's a link to reach out to me. I'm always very happy to speak to people, to help them if they're running these kind of investigations. I've lectured on this all over the world. I recently helped the police department in Germany on a nurse that was convicted of killing over 100 patients. Wow suspected of killing about 300 bruce i gotta tell you number one thank you for your service very much appreciated and i really appreciate you coming on the law enforcement show telling us about your experience with dr michael swango uh, and you do amazing work and your book by the way behind the murder curtain special agent bruce sackman hunts doctors and nurses who kill our veterans thanks again so much appreciated it's my pleasure i'd like to thank our guests so much for coming on the law enforcement today radio show the Law Enforcement Today radio show is a nationally syndicated radio show broadcast on numerous stations once a week and growing. 
If you enjoyed the podcast version of the show, please do me a big favor. Tell a friend. I'll be back in just a couple days with a brand new episode of the Law Enforcement Today radio show and podcast. Until then, this is John J. Wiley. See ya. See ya.